to Refresh My Memory, a podcast about movies and drinks with Jason Dedrick, Eric Fell, and Vicky Van. Hi, I'm Eric Fell. I'm Jason Dedrick. I'm Vicky Van. And welcome to Refresh My Memory, a podcast about movies and drinks. <laughs> Does that work? Oh, that's pretty good. I yeah. think that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So join us next time <laughs> when we have it figured out even better. <laughs> good job, everybody. Good job. Good job. How are you both today? I'm pretty good. Uh, I watched uh, some movies last night. I finished reading Jaws, the book, which was uh, dated and old. <laughs> Not very good. Uh, yeah, it was an interesting read. Should we talk about Jaws? Shall we? I think that's a great idea. I think the first movie we should talk about, <laughs> this being episode one, is Jaws, the movie. 1975, directed by Steven Spielberg, starring uh, Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus, and Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> yes. Good eye, Bruce. Yes, it was a Monty <laughs> Python sketch that they adapted. Um, so, now this is obviously uh, going on almost 50 years, this movie. Mm -hmm. And what are your earliest memories? What, what are your memories about maybe the first time you saw Jaws? Because we were all probably fairly young. Mm. Well, um, I don't know if you want to save me for last, but the first time I saw Jaws uh, was a week and a half ago. Really? Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, then let me ask you this. Everybody at home, put your minds back together. Sometimes 50 old year old people haven't seen movies. Okay, I'm going to ask you this. Yeah. Um, what is, what, when you were younger, what was your sort of mental image of what you thought Jaws was? Because it was, it's been in, you know, pop culture since it came out. So it was arguably the first summer mm. blockbuster. I would yes. think you're probably correct. Yeah, I think so. The first one to reach $100 million. Mom had the book. And I don't know if that book was uh, around the house prior to that or if we got it because of the movie. Probably because of the movie. And just that cover is really the most striking thing about Jaws for me as a little kid. And then how that was used again and again and again. I seem to recall... Like an image of, of Snoopy <laughs> yep. coming up on something. Uh, I think Cracked and Mad both yep. had covers that were complimentary to it. <laughs> so really, that was all the imagery I had. I don't even remember an advertisement on TV for it. Wow, it had like it was one of the first movies to have like a really big ad campaign. Like they threw a lot of money at it, and it turned into a huge hit. So oh. yay for them. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But I guess should I go? Yes, by yeah. all means. I was five years old when I first saw Jaws. And by accident, on television, uh, I wandered into the room and Jaws was on. And I would not go into a bathtub for a year. They could barely get me into the shower. I thought Jaws was going to come up through the drain. I was way too young to see it. Um, it was terrifying. Just terrifying. Um, yeah. I, I, and after that, I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies because it affected me. So, uh, the first horror movie I saw after that was Lost Boys. <laughs> and oh, wow. that was like, oh my goodness, this is, oh my goodness. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was the family freaked out kid. So don't let her near anything sensitive because she's just a sensitive child. Right. But no, it was Jaws. <laughs> Well, you were right. Yes. <laughs> We've yes. both seen it a week and a half ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about you, Eric? You know, I actually don't remember the first time I saw Jaws. Because it was one of those things that, that yeah, I'd seen 
on TV when I was little. Um, I had uh, the, my big memories of Jaws were um, my neighbor, um, he was this kid, he was uh, convinced that my dad was Roy Scheider. <laughs> Any similarities? No. Okay. Unless Roy Scheider's a six foot four dentist with curly <laughs> hair. Uh, it was just this bizarre thing. He thought that my dad was Roy Scheider. Okay. The, the other thing that really sticks out for me um, about my childhood is, uh, oh, back in the early 80s, it was, it was cheap to fly places. And we would go to California all the time. And the big thing for me with Jaws is the Universal Studios tour, mm. yeah. the, uh, the Jaws part of the tram ride where uh, the, the, the tram sort of sticks on its side and you see somebody <laughs> in the water, you see like, and you all have to scream, get out of the water, George. <laughs> yeah. And this, this robot shark pops out of the water and just, just it's, it's front third, it just sort of like rides <laughs> across the tram, uh, right next to the tram. And it, it's great. I'm sure there's a picture of me somewhere screaming with delight. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, I, that's, those are my sort of, um, associations with Jaws from, you know, around the first time I saw it. That's what's so interesting, though, to me, because uh, I don't want to say that I didn't like the movie, because that would be wrong. And I don't want to ruin everybody's day by saying that I didn't like the movie. However, having had 50 years of Jaws references <laughs> now presented to me... It's all explained. Yeah, it is so funny, because you talk about this Universal Jaws ride. The first time I went to Universal, they had just dug the trench for it. It was the it was oh, December wow. seventy five, so Jaws wasn't there yet. They had a, a a big shark hanging like the tiger shark in the movie mm. that you could go pose by, but none of the stuff was there. And so years later, when I went there, uh, the dock gets pulled away, right, and it gets pulled out and sinks. And I think that's dumb. Why would they have a what who, what what animal pulls a dock away? A week and a half ago, I saw it happen in a movie <laughs> called Jaws. Yes. And uh, again, they have the floats, I think. Don't they, they have the floats in, yeah. the, in the universal thing, right? Yeah, you yeah. see the, the yellow, yellow thing, uh, the yellow barrel go by, the dock pulls out, uh, George gets taken. And I think George is supposed to be the guy who was in the pond area Yeah, I when think the so. kid was swimming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the estuary. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but all of this now made sense, and it all lands so flat and clunky because of the 50 years of, of time that has gone past. So I'm not a great judge of it, but I can tell you that there's so many disappointments in this movie. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a production company. Uh, I can't remember what they produced, but at the end of it, there's a little sh short cartoon snippet where a guy says, that's some bad hat, Harry. Mm. That production company is called Bad Hat Harry. Right. And uh, What do they produce? What have I seen them? Why do I see it so often? Uh, usually, it's, uh, it's Brian Singer's. Brian Singer. Okay. So there's something that I watch on a regular basis that has that at the end. And I've always thought that was pretty funny. Turns out, <laughs> that's from John. <laughs> <laughs> and it took the fun out of it for me. Isn't that dumb? Yeah, it's so weird. Like I, I don't know. It's just so it's just so weird to, to to have this cultural thing. I don't know if I if I have not seen a movie yet, and I deliberately didn't see Jaws because I'm a, a scaredy cat, and so I didn't want to see it. And I, I I had chances as a young adult to see it, obviously, and then I have seen bits of it, but I've never sat through the whole thing. So that was it. And like I say, I feel a little. <laughs> feel a little ripped off somehow. <laughs> oh. 
So you grew up in spoilers and it ruined the movie for you. Yeah, it really oh. did, yeah. And what about now? Uh, we've all watched <laughs> the movie recently. Uh, obviously you have, yeah. Jason. Um, and uh, Vicky, you've watched it. And now yeah. you also mentioned you've read the book. I read the book mm-hmm. uh, for this little assignment here for our show. I decided to get the book. And man, is it dated. It is um, a 1970s misogynist, homophobic, racist kind of. It's it's not heavy on those things, but the, it's it all, it's all throughout. Uh, the characters are very different. Um, it ends differently. The shark still dies, but so does Hooper. Um, Quint dies. There, there's the mafia for some reason in town. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. it's more about the town than it is the shark. So it's it's like what happens to a town when a shark invades and, and the kind of small town that relies on summer business uh, and all the little minutia of what happens when that business doesn't come at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the mafia's there. Hooper's having an affair with Brody's wife. Um, wow. Yeah. That really yeah. that really changes the scene in, uh, in the movie <laughs> where he shows up with two bottles of wine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a little, uh, uh, when you watch the movie, you're just looking for something maybe that's there. But they, they threw all of that out. They they did a lot of improv. They did uh, a lot of rewriting. Uh, the Peter Benchley, the author of the book, he um, rewrote the first screenplay for the movie. And then they just kind of threw that out as well <laughs> and uh, went for it. Just kind of went, uh, rewrote the whole thing, but kept the structure it's a similar structure and and a more dynamic ending, of course. But because um, in the book, he just um, they harpoon him until he drowns and and they kind of slowly floats to the bottom. That's it. Nothing, so exciting. Nothing's more cinematic than just wearing something down. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Attrition. Yeah. 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 Having watched it recently, I just it reminded me how good it was mm. like i watched it every time i watch it, I go oh yeah right this movie is is brilliant i think i think is as far as does it hold up absolutely it holds up and i watched it with uh my wife who you know hadn't really seen the whole thing mm. uh she'd seen you no know, snippets here and there mm-hmm. sort of like uh yourself uh jason and uh she she really enjoyed it she was just dumbfounded at uh robert shaw's performance yeah. <laughs> i think i think is the best word she's just like what is he doing he's insane why are they getting on a boat with this guy i'll find your fish for you <laughs> he's the most similar in the book he they, oh, is he? they write him out as like i'll find your boat there chiefy <laughs> oh wow wow that's great um and yeah so my wife's a uh horror movie um she loves horror movies. Aficionado. Um, yeah. And she, uh, there's there's one jump scare in the movie that is a really strong one. And it, yeah, she she leapt about three feet in the air. I was just like, oh my God, that was so cool. <laughs> that was so great. And that's exactly what I don't like. So which jump scare was it? Uh, it was, it was, it was uh, exploring a certain gentleman's boat. Okay. I'll just say that for <laughs> yes. those, of, those of you who haven't seen the movie but are also fine 
knowing that um, Quint dies and the shark dies. Oh, sorry if I spoiled the <laughs> oh, no. whole movie for somebody, but I'm sh- it's been I'm 45 sure it's years, yeah. so I'm expecting. It's you know, funny because you mentioned that it. jump scare because that was a jump scare that was taught or not taught, told, or maybe it was taught. Looking back <laughs> on it, told to me all those years ago that this particular jump scare was going to happen, and what I was going to see. And knowing that as I was watching it, and I must admit I was sort of watching it because I am I'm a nervous Nelly for, for horror films. I was I was even in my house. <laughs> I did this. I actually went and stood in the kitchen at one point because I was back there. Just like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I know what's going to happen here. So now the scene that you're describing is happening. And I think, oh, I bet this is it. And if I was going to do it, I would do it. Right, it happened as I was looking down at the floor. And then I came back to have for the reveal. And I went, oh, that's what the girl was to say when I was maybe 10 when she described it to me. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, yeah. For me, though, the grossest part of the movie uh, was when uh, Hooper is going to go down on the shark cage. This is not a spoiler. <laughs> and uh, Brody's motions to him to take his glasses off. He takes his glasses off and hands them to him. He puts them in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was really weird. That yeah. Was, yeah, that's a little yeah. too yeah. intimate. Yeah. I yeah. work in an optical store, so this was yeah. the worst part of the movie was when... He put somebody's glasses with a cable temple, a yeah, wraparound yeah, temple, yeah. in his mouth. Yeah. yeah. Put it in your pocket. Brody, what does my ear taste like? <laughs> it's my Richard Dreyfus impersonation. Dreyfus. It's a bit it's a bit more Daffy Duck than Richard Dreyfus as it comes out of my mouth, I realize. Uh, no, it's gold. It's gold. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great moment. And um we uh, I mean I can't we can't talk about Jaws without talking about John Williams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I, I have a thing I say about John Williams that I'm going to say now. Uh, Beethoven gave us, uh, um, you know, and was able to give us a feeling, like the, one of the greatest songs ever written uh, in five notes, a feeling, right? Uh, John Williams was able to do it with two. Yeah. That, like, that's, it, I can't believe how perfect and simple uh, his theme was and how it ingrained in our culture it still is. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can still play it, and people are—they obviously know the reference. But uh, yeah, yeah. I think when they first presented it, presented it to Spielberg, he was just like, "You're joking!" Like <laughs> it was so simple. Like uh, he he thought he was it was a joke that there's two notes. Yes, uh, I hired you for. <laughs> <laughs> is there more? Is there more in between those? Yeah, nope, that's it. You're right, because I think I saw an interview just recently, right? I think they were on Colbert or something recently, and they were sort of telling that story where it was like, I, mean, I got the idea, right? It was almost like you presented a bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> but because now that was fresh in my mind, and again, I've only seen it here for the first time a week and a half ago, I knew what the scenes were now serious because I had all of this laid out before me. So if there was danger and that song wasn't playing, it was fake danger, and I knew it. So, oh no, something's going to happen. I said to myself, no, it's not. The two notes aren't playing. <laughs> oh, that's super interesting. I never clocked that. I'm busy. I'm, I'm so busy being in love with Spielberg's uh, blocking. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, he knows where to put a camera like nobody else. And you watch scenes where um, there's a great scene where uh, Brody and uh, the, uh, the mayor and Hooper are talking and they keep switching places and moving around. Oh, and they're shot. All yeah. it's all in one shot, mm-hmm. and it moves. It's basically like he's moving the people, and the shot changes from um, these two guys, these two guys. And exactly it's right. it's so like 
the 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 film school grad in me is just like jaw on the floor going oh my god this is so good <laughs> like if if katie had seen it before i'd have been like pausing and going okay look this is why this is super cool but i'm like i can't i can't i can't do that I was thinking of that too on that quick scene with the ferry where they're actually moving on the ferry and the whole the, the, the slow ride out. Mm-hmm. I think there's a couple of changes, not as much as the one you're talking about, but yeah. Mm. He is good. I don't know what happened to Spielberg. He is <laughs> very good. Well, it seems since we've refreshed our memories, we should refresh our palates a little bit, shall we? Shall we? Now, hopefully you guys remember this because I was watching probably from the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> There are a couple of drinks that are mentioned. The red wine is bandied around. They're probably drinking beer. They were. There was that beer, the can crushing scene, which I loved <laughs> because uh, cans were made from much stronger metal back then. You can crush it like a baby can crush a can of beer now. You're right. I've, I've done it. I've shown. I said, "Baby, crush my can of beer." Um, so watching that with someone who is, you know. A millennial, mm-hmm. right, who's like 30, going, what? what's the big deal? He's crushing a can. Yeah, try to crush it. Try to crush an empty tuna can right now. That would give you about <laughs> the same kind of resistance, I would imagine, from a, a beer can in, in 75. Oh, yeah. But uh, when he's loading up, asking for his uh, requirements, Robert Shaw's character, Quint? Quint. Yes. <laughs> he mentions, and this just sounds awful, a crate of apricot brandy, mm-hmm. right? Now, I don't know if anybody here has had apricot brandy, but, but you're about to. <laughs> in fact, before we even talk about it a bit more, there's apricot brandy in front of you. Oh. And I say you have a little sip All right. of apricot brandy apricot. and imagine what you would do, what your state of mind would be that you'd think you'd want to go through a crate of this. A crate. <laughs> a crate of this. It smells like uh, bubble gum. Mm-hmm. Smells like some sort of faux apricot. Oh, it's absolutely a 7-Eleven, or no, Save On Foods uh, bulk candy section. Yeah. That's what it smells like to me. There you go. It's 17% alcohol, so you have to keep it in the fridge once you do open it. And almost everybody that ever buys one of these throws it out eventually because, (laughs) well, have a sip. Here we go. Bottoms up. Oh, it's like an alcoholic Slurpee. (laughs) It is like an alcoholic Slurpee. Oh, goodness. That is... Why would you want any more than that mm. in your body? Exactly. Ugh. And that's why it doesn't ring true to me that he would want that. Although it might be deliberately right from the book. Well, and, he, and North Americans... No, it's not. Oh, it's not? No. Oh, okay. It's not the book. North Americans, to me, it seems, and, you know, we're, there's no problem. We can be guiltless. We always <laughs> double down on all of the flavors, right? Nobody likes cilantro because milestones ruin cilantro for everybody and they use too much of it there's a recipe that i will mention here at the end Mm. which we might maybe we'll do it in the future as a way to use apricot brandy in a sensible way but i just can't believe but i can believe because you can imagine some old drunk or your grandpa character or somebody that loved that right it was sweet and easy to drink if you want to get drunk happily not not afterwards it's entirely possible that robert shaw improvised that the you said, you said that there was a lot of there improv. There was a lot of improv. <laughs> they might have just... I want apricot brandy. <laughs> That's right. And then Brody says, no, you get two crates and dinner afterwards. Yeah. We read that in the little, yes. the little blurb. But I think it's in that same scene. And this is the, the extra treat now for you guys. Anything else to say about the apricot brandy other I than this recipe? If that I, I was have? a smoker, yeah. uh, oh. I might. this might break through that smoke tongue mouth. Yeah. Whatever they have. I don't smoke. Smoke, smoke tongue mouth is my favorite grunge band from the <laughs> 90s. 
<laughs> Not to be confused with a smoked tongue sandwich. Yeah. My least favorite deli. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. There's another scene, and it might be the same scene. I don't think it is the same scene. And uh, Quint is now drinking moonshine, something out of a dark brown bottle. That's when bottle. they first meet Cooper and Brody and Quint all in the same room. That's right. Yeah. Might be the same shot where they're constantly moving around and the camera's yeah. moving and there's no edits. It could be. There's, 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 there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. yeah. But I had a rare opportunity a number of years ago to buy uh, something called, uh, it's spelled P-O-I-T-I-N. And I, but I think it's pronounced Pusheen or Pusheen. Oh. It's Irish moonshine. Oh. This is the commercially available Irish moonshine. Oh. Uh, so it's looked at it with some derision. It's 61.5%, but I think it would only be fair to put a little bit of this on our tongue, since even Brody didn't put any of it on his tongue. He handed it to Hooper and said, don't drink that. <laughs> but I'm handing it to you and say, try drink, this. Drink that. Which one's, ah, there it is. So this is unaged, pot distilled... <laughs> <laughs> whiskey pot distilling uh is supposed to keep a lot of the natural barley flavors but without aging it you're just gonna get <laughs> pot still flavor <laughs> it smells like alcohol <laughs> yeah, it's, it smells like something that you'd use to clean out the inside of a jet engine yeah yes and we, we could later on there's a little bit left <laughs> So uh, drink as much as you like or just wet your tongue because it's going to burn your tongue. I guarantee Holy you. crap. I guarantee you. you okay. this oh, my not... God. <laughs> Are you brave as I am? I, I haven't even gone yet. All right, here, here, here I go. Here we go. Here you going to go. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's not for smokers. Oh, show me the way to go home. <laughs> yeah. You're going to need a bigger toilet. <laughs> reached the part of the show where we uh, use a little imagination. Uh, we come up with a, a new drink based on this movie, Jaws. Um, let's uh, ponder. Spitball. <laughs> Spitball. Okay, can I throw something out here? Sure. Salted rim. Oh, yes. Okay. Right? Salted rim because it, it physically will look like a beach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I don't know if you know this, but the uh, salt content in seawater is slightly more than uh, normal tap water. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's why I can't drink it without... (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Moonshine? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Pusheen. I was thinking like, uh, uh, what do they call those blue Hawaiian drinks that look like the ocean, but with lots of grenadine on top? Right. Bloody, bloody blue ocean. So yours is an act three. Yes, yes. Because it's a really good act. I don't know three. what Act One would a drink over Act One would be. A drink over Act One. Well, uh, what would a drink over Act One be? None of them would pass the Bechdel test. It's almost like because <laughs> <laughs> the movie does not. Because <laughs> the, the it is so well, it's not completely calm at the beginning. But you're thinking of the blue Hawaiian. Then no, it's got to have a salted rim. It's gonna have something ooh, greenish. Greeny blue. Greeny blue, not blue blue. I was just trying to think more of the uh, of the science of it. Is there a way that you could put grenadine on the bottom in a capsule or, or, or a baking soda? Something that was going to cause the mm. red to bubble up mm. through the blue once it was at the table. Could you put grenadine inside an ice cube and as it melts, it comes out? It might yeah. take a little while. Oh, yeah. That's just how the movie worked. <laughs> when you hear bum bum, 
I, I would think that uh, it's a drink that you don't feel for a while and then it hits you. Like and you're you, completely if, legless. If, yeah. If you, <laughs> if you want to go like the emotional route, right? Like if you want to go like the pacing of the film. Yes, that's good. Yeah. If you want to go about the making of the film, you could also have a drink that doesn't really work for the first part. Uh, as the shark didn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Famously, Bruce was hinky. Okay. Yeah, something that has a high enough alcohol content that's going to sneak up on you. Unless you could make the ice cube. The ice cube has the moonshine in it. So as it melts, your drink actually gets stronger when that is released. Oh, that would, yeah. yeah. If there, I, I think there might be a problem with the freezing of the moonshine. Yeah. But, uh, yes. No, I'm talking about you freeze a half ice cube, so you get that hollow bit in it. Like the caramel secret. It's yes. like the caramel secret, exactly. You use the same technology. It's going to be too tough. Yeah, it's going to be a little tough. But I do like the idea of it. It sneaks up on you, and that you end up uh, regretting your, all of your life's decisions. So we are in the in the spirit of the movie eating pretzels today uh, as, Bro- not Brody, Hooper eats pretzels on the boat. Uh, it's probably the, other than the dinner that, that Brody and Ellen have, is it Ellen? Yeah. Ellen Brody have in the middle of the movie is the only food in the movie. Quint, right? Quint, uh, eats some saltines. I think, I think when you first see him, isn't he, isn't he munching down on some saltines? Oh, I, that's a sharp eye. Oh, that is a sharp, a sharp eye. <laughs> like a doll's eye. Like a doll's eye. I was really paying attention to the drink, and I I could not mm. tell you that they even ate pretzels in the movie. So I'll <laughs> eat one in honor of that. I apologize. I'm so, not I'm not going to eat one because I'm not going to crunch into a microphone out of respect for our producer Ian Boothby. I am. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I just guilted everybody. <laughs> Silence is golden, golden. So if you were going to make up a food snack, or just a food to have with this movie, I think I'd go sushi. Because the only other one is like sort of shark fin soup, and that's just sad. That's sad. I mean, it takes place in New England, so lobster. Yeah, oh. lobster rolls. Yeah. Chowder. You could do some, some lobster, some chowder. <laughs> clam bake? Yeah. <laughs> oh, in the beginning, they're doing a clam bake. Oh, yeah. Well, there we go. Clam bake. Clam bake. Gonna have clam that's, bake. That's a 70s dish. <laughs> I don't think people do that anymore, unless they're on the East Coast. Probably. I've never been to a clam bake. If you're in Cape Cod, please contact us. <laughs> All right, so final thoughts on Jaws. Vicky? <laughs> you can whistle it I just stuffed the pretzel in my mouth. Um, yeah, I know. I did that on purpose. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Vicky. Uh, I think what I... <laughs> Jason, Jason, what are your final thoughts on Jaws? What was fascinating is with my little bit of film history knowledge, uh, I recently saw most of Duel, right, which mm. he had done maybe two or three years prior to this. Mm-hmm. And I could appreciate the similarities of Jaws and Duel, as well as those framing shots that you sort of, you know, I don't want to say you take it for granted, but I think that's probably the right term. You know, you see enough Spielberg movies, particularly, if he's going to be doing anything similar that is going to still be that warm hug for you. It doesn't have to be uh, a glaring, like, what's an odd shot? Why? Oh, it says upside down shot. It's not that. But there's uh, such a, uh, a comfort to a lot of his films, and you can see it in in this as well as the cinematography the colors and and everything in this movie it just looks of its time but not of its time there's a fantasy element almost to it i felt looking at the way 
the, the image glows. Or that might be that really good TV I got. <laughs> you know, I got a new TV too, and uh, I'm very excited about having mm-hmm. I, I got very excited about watching Jaws on it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it is as close to perfect a movie as can be, in my opinion. Like, that's my own thoughts, just watching going, oh, that is exactly what... A summer blockbuster should be that is mm. exactly it is struck it is so lean and tight and there's not a like there's nothing bad I want to say about it because no. what do I know? <laughs> Even when I thought I was scared, it still lured me back out of the kitchen. <laughs> Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the living room, but that's I mean it's it's such a good film. Yeah, the movie yeah. was your yellow barrel, <laughs> and you kept being pulled to the surface. Yeah. Plus, I had one attached to the cat, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've I watching it as an adult, I really like the the way it presents masculinity. If you want to get a little uh, hoity-toity, but uh, the way you have like Quint being this Ahab like macho man, and then Hooper is the the logical scientific one, and then you've got Brody right in the middle. Um, oops, sorry. Um, yeah, I think it presents mas- a version of masculinity that was like uh, representative of the time. You know, the, you had the women's movement come out that time and and things were changing for men. Um, other than that, you know, it doesn't it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. There's not a whole lot of people of color in this movie, but it's still a beautiful, beautiful film. Like it's structured in a really interesting way. It's almost two movies um, with the amity stuff in the front and the boat stuff in the end and and yeah it's really it's an amazing piece of film that's what i think (laughs) well folks i want to know what what we want to know what uh, you thought of jaws and of the refreshment choices and uh, the snacks choices Mm. and the drink that we weirdly concocted together um so if you want to make that drink that we talked about, or, or any other drink you feel would work for Jaws, uh, you can send it our way, send a picture of it to sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Also, uh, if you have an idea, even for a film you'd like to hear us talk about, send it our way at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. And uh, I guess until next time, uh, I'm Eric Fell. I'm Jason Dedrick. I'm Vicki Van. Have a good one. Bye. I don't know how to end it. Oh. <laughs> right out of the deep end. I blew it. <laughs>